Welcome back to another great episode of Defenders of the Bank. Sitting to my right is the world-famous Philly, Christian Philemon. What's up? And of course, this is The Scarf, J.R. Liebert. And part of the fun of hosting an LAFC podcast is that we get to meet great people, tell some great stories, and at times we're able to have our friends on. And sometimes, luckily, all three of those things come together at the same time. On this episode of you mean Defenders... mean still have friends? I, we do. Even after 26 episodes? 26 episodes. We haven't, something right. we haven't alienated everybody yet. Yet. Keyword, yet. But on this episode of Defenders of the Bank, we are fortunate enough to sit down with a father-son duo who both have LAFC and international professional soccer ties. We are happy to welcome both Matthew Bari, sports radio host for 670 AM KIRN, and his son Nima Bari, who just signed his first professional contract cool. to play with Cascavel Clube Recreativo of Brazil's second division. I just want to say hi to both of you guys. Thank you all so much for coming on. Thank hello, so hello, and thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. Our first of two guests on this episode, Matthew Bari, has been covering soccer for almost 20 years. He is the host of the World of Sports radio show on 670 AM KIRN, a show he has hosted for the last 19 years. He's covered two World Cups, and currently he covers LAFC matches with live game reports from Bank of California Stadium. Matthew, again, thank you so much for coming on to Finish of the Bank. Thank you so much for having us. So, so Matthew, full, full disclosure for our listeners, you and I have known each other for, what, going on 20 years or so. Forever. But up until the <laughs> Stephen Bateshore launch event, I didn't know you covered soccer professionally. That was kind of a happy accident, us running into each other there. I know. I was at the, uh, at the store at uh, LAFC uh, headquarters. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And it was a great event for the Stephen Bateshore t-shirt launch, the first Farsi MLS t-shirt in, in all of the league, which you are wearing, I'm wearing right one now. now. If we had a live <laughs> look in over on YouTube or Periscope, you could see he's in his Stephen Bateshore shirt right now. Matthew, let's tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Where are you from originally? Mm. What brought you to the U.S.? All of that. I was born in Tehran, Iran, and uh, came to the States in 1979 and been here ever since. And I've loved it. So what brought you to the United States from Iran? My dad sent me over here. I had no choice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Was he punishing you? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> no, actually, he wanted to uh, send me over for education. All right. So before you left Iran, you probably experienced a lot of the soccer culture there, the soccer. Atmosphere. Oh, absolutely. I mean, what? Tell us about what soccer is like in Iran. Soccer is like God in Iran, <laughs> God of <laughs> sports. Everyone thinks that it's uh, wrestling or uh, weightlifting. They're wrong. They're dead wrong. It's actually soccer. Soccer, it is, it is so popular in Iran that it's just beyond belief. And you see the passion when you go to the stadiums. Fans, are, most of the games are sold out, especially the big teams, the red and blue, Persepolis and Estaglal. They have a fan base of crazy, crazy. <laughs> Persepolis about 40 million. And this Jeez. is unofficial, but uh, Estaglal about 30 million. So uh, Persepolis is actually the most popular team in Asia, not wow. only in Iran, That's in incredible. Asia. I watch a lot of Copa 90. I don't know if anybody in this room has watched Copa 90. And they cover some of the fiercest derbies anywhere in the world. Yes. You could argue that you know what's going on in England back in the day was, was fierce between Millwall and West Ham. Or you can go over to the Bundesliga and argue that Schalke and Dortmund have a really crazy rivalry. But Persepolis and Esteglal, am I saying it right? Yeah, I'm pretty oh. good, actually. Okay, good. <laughs> but I heard that's actually one of the fiercest rivalries, period. Oh, it is. It is. Uh, just to let you know how big that derby is, up to about five years ago, all the referees were brought in 
from different countries of wow. Europe, like from England, from Germany, from Qatar, because they thought that these guys would be the, the officiating team would be the most unbiased uh, offici- uh, officials. Interesting. So, uh, I mean, it's that bad. It gets very serious. Does it get to the point where you can't cross county lines wearing the opposing color? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they, they, they're very serious. It's like a tail, tailgate party <laughs> in here. <laughs> right. I mean, that day, that uh, Derby days, it's like a national holiday. And what's interesting, people come from different cities, different provinces to be in the stadium, to feel that, to experience that, uh, wow. you know, the game. Because uh, it's just phenomenal. And, and Iran has a rich soccer history of producing great players internationally too, right? Yes, yes. We have quite a few players that uh, have gone to Europe, spe- specifically in Germany. Meri Maravikia, Ali Eintracht Karimi. Frankfurt. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, Meri Maravikia played in uh, Eintracht uh, Frankfurt for about three seasons. Prior to that, he played for Hamburg, Haisva for about eight seasons so he's a legend actually he's featured in their museum as one of the top 25 players in the history of hamburg wow yeah that's he's very much well respected i definitely remember him during his eintracht days that's a team i follow in the buddhist if you remember christian he's the guy who scored on us back in 1998 that's right. The second goal. That's right. Yeah. I do remember that. I, I totally forgot about that. Well, yeah. flashback to senior year in high school. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's how old I am. <laughs> God, you were a yeah. senior in 98? Yeah, let's, let's not bring that up. Let's all not right. bring that all up. Right. All right. But would you say it's, it's Ali Karimi who's really the greatest player to ever don the Iranian colors? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm glad you brought up that name. Ali Karimi was one of the most gifted players in entire Asia, not only Iran, and then he moved on to Bayern Munich. Yeah. So he yeah. played for Bayern München. Yeah, Beckenbauer you know, liked him. For, uh, Beckenbauer li- liked him. Everyone liked him. Karl Heinz Rummenigge liked him, and they signed him for two years. So, um, and both years, needless to say, Bayern Munich won the championship. Bayern Munich <laughs> won always Liga. wins the championship. It's getting really, really boring. Actually. <laughs> it is. You know what? Borussia Liga. tried this Seven year, seasons in a row. Oh, I know. Dor- right? Dortmund tried. Dortmund tried. But that, that 5 nothing game really, exactly. really crushed hurt. them, right? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And of course, who, who did Bayern beat? Eintracht Frankfurt to, to secure <laughs> right? yeah. their titles. So they never recovered that. from that Europa Cup semifinal against Chelsea. I'm still pretty bitter about that. No, but we're not yeah. talking about other sports. No, Back no, with the regularly scheduled program. <laughs> so, Matthew. How did you get involved with covering soccer professionally? So what happened, excellent question. What happened is that back in 1998, because Iran had reached the World Cup after 20 years, because yeah. uh, prior to that, it was 1978 okay. that Iran had gone to Argentina. In 20 years, Iran hadn't gone to the World Cup. So it was the first time I was invited in one of the shows by luck hmm. to do a uh, TV show. Okay. So and I sat next to this guy, my uh, old good friend, Arash, Arash Hafizi, okay. and we did a show. It was called Varzish and Mardum. That means sports and people. So it was, it was like a small show on, on, on the cable, and then it got a hit. <laughs> you know, and people liked it. So I was invited to cover the Iranian national team uh, awesome. f- for a month on Persian Satellite. Iran TV wow. back then. Oh, cool. So uh, for a month we did that. Then, you know, it, I was a natural. 
They told me. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> We've been told we have perfect faces for podcasts. So this, work, this works out real well. Yeah. So. A couple of years later, actually a year later, when Nima was born, actually, mm-hmm. 1999, they launched uh, the uh, first Farsi-speaking radio, 670 AM KIRN, right. which was uh, launched by Lotus Corporation, okay. which is a big corporation. We own about uh, 50 stations, and they all uh, are ethnic uh, oh, stations. Cool. Okay. They thought, all right, let's give it a try with a, a Farsi-speaking uh, community, and Shoran, I mean, it came on. It was a hit. So I was invited to do a sports uh, segment. Uh, it was uh, three of us. We started that show. Uh, it's called Dunyaya Varzish, okay. which means uh, world of sports, mm-hmm. and, but it's mainly about soccer. So uh, we started that show, and the rest is history. Back in April 2000. So the NLS was only five years old or so yes. back then. How much has changed and what have you seen change <laughs> over these last 20 years? They had shot clocks. I'll never forget that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, so talk to us what it was like, though, covering you know, Major League Soccer amongst the other soccer leagues that you covered back then. To be honest, we didn't cover Major League Soccer <laughs> so okay. much, okay. but we covered Galaxy here and then. When LAFC hit the scene, it was interesting. I was at a party and someone told me that LAFC is coming. Actually, I got an email from uh, because they had my name uh, as a soccer fan. Okay, LAFC has done a fantastic, phenomenal, as we were talking with Christian and you, yeah. branding. So I got an email that, hey, Los Angeles Football Club, will be launched in about two years at the stadium called Bank of California. Right. So I said, oh, this is nice. So I took this email to the management of uh, 670 AM, and Kane mm-hmm. is our manager. I said, Kane, this team is coming. I like this team. Hmm. And he says, why? I said, I like the name, LAFC. This is real football. Right. It, it doesn't say anything about soccer. <laughs> It says about football, and that is real football. Yeah. And it says, okay, look into it. So I looked into it more, and then we got invited to a stadium tour. And we went to the stadium tour with Kane and the management, and I loved it. I mean, I walked in. I said, this is the stadium, and I, oh, I like Bob Bradley. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. like Bob Bradley. Bob. I found out that Bob Bradley is, is going to be the coach. Yeah. I said, this is a good coach because – Two facts I liked about him. Mm-hmm. First of all, good resume behind him. Second, the fact that he was putting the team together himself. Sure. He wasn't given a team. He was putting all the players in different spots together. Sure. So I said, okay, he's going to build the team up. This team is going to be good. We go to the stadium. I saw the LAFC stadium. I said, this is got to be good. Hmm. This is going to go forward. There is something about the LAFC. I can't put my finger on it. But as a soccer player, coach, fan, sports show host, whatever, producer, I said, this is going to go far. Well, you know, part of Bob putting the team together, one of his signings early on was Stephen Bateshore. Yes. And you obviously covering this team for the Farsi-speaking audience yes. and Stephen Bateshore, you know, clearly having the Iranian background and everything else. Tell us about what it's been like for you to watch Stephen Bateshore in your, your second city, a city that you basically grew up in, and he's representing that with the crest on his shirt. Uh, you know, what is it like to be able to watch Stephen Bateshore and cover him on a day-to-day uh, You said it beautifully. I mean, you put it in a beautiful board that it is actually my second city. 
because when I go to Europe, we go to, uh, you know, wherever we go, we go to Cancun, whatever. I can't wait to get back because I <laughs> know this is my city. This is my home. Yeah. LAF, I mean, Los Angeles. For us to have Beta Shore right. on a team that is just new, brand new, new kid on the block, I mean, it was an honor. And I knew Beta Shore. I had seen him uh, in, in Montreal and I knew he's a good player. And sure enough, He's a major, major defender of the bank. Absolutely. You know yeah, what I mean? I love that. An nice. actual defender of the bank. <laughs> He's the man. And, and you know? Steven, He's an MLS champion. I mean, he won in yeah, Toronto. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. And, and Stephen, we hope you're listening. We hope your hamstring heals up for those Absolutely. of you that aren't familiar with it. At Dallas, he pulled his hamstring chasing down Dallas attacker. Unfortunately, you know, Philly and I, you talked about it. I'm, that's the only reason why they scored that goal. Normally, Betashore is right there step for step, but if not for that hamstring, I think we win that game at least one nothing. 100%. We came into that game with a .66 GAA with Tyler Miller just shutting down everybody. Well, Tyler Miller and the back line. Tyler Miller actually doesn't, he's not even in the top five for most saves, but amazing back line. That really hurt, but we wish you a speedy recovery. We know we're going to see you at our next home game. Uh, well, maybe not this one, but the one afterwards when we start coming back in July. Oh, I can't believe after Friday, we don't go back to the bank until July. That's almost like a punishment. Well, man. hopefully we'll have open cup games there. Like you mentioned, hopefully they're only $20, not the 25 that you suggested yeah, on our last nothing's episode. Nothing's official but... until it's official. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> either way, I'm looking forward to seeing us play like, you know, Fresno FC or something like that again. But we'll Any excuse to go to the bank, even Absolutely. if it's for a free tour and free <laughs> beer, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, thanks for that meme, by the way, at the beginning of the season. That was great. <laughs> really appreciate that. What, what he's talking about is Scarf and I and Panda and Scarfette, you, you all know who they are right now. We decided to go to the bank to get a free tour of the stadium. They were promoting season tickets for newbie season ticket holders. And our rep at the time actually invited us to come through. So we were texting each other back and forth and we thought free tour, free beer, free food, and we all get to hang out together. No brainer. So we're somewhere around the suites in the Founders Club and Scarf is on his phone as one of the reps is talking. And I took a snapshot picture of him (laughs) and created the meme has season tickets, still comes for the free beer. Yeah, that's right. We'll post that on our Instagram, at Defenders of the Bank. Again, if you're not following us on Instagram or Facebook, at Defenders of the Bank, and on Twitter, at Defend the Bank. Matthew, one other thing that I want you to talk about, you've had the pleasure of covering two World Cups. You know, one that I really want to talk about is 2006 in Germany, and then you also got to go to Brazil in 2014. Talk to us first about 2006, what it was like watching the Azuri win, first of all. Which oh, was, did you have to bring that I up? do, I have to. But the overall experience... You're like a headbutt, right? That's right, that's right. <laughs> uh, being in Germany to, to cover that World Cup in 2006. Right. Oh, it was, it was a fantastic uh, experience. Prior to that, I had covered two Asian Cups in 2000 and 2004. So, uh, I mean, going from Asian Cup to the World Cup, it was a huge deal. Specifically that I ended up being in the same hotel as the Iranian national team. Oh, wow. It was awesome. I mean, uh, I I watched their training every day. They came together, but they got unlucky because Ali Karimi, one of the uh, superstars back then, was injured a year prior to that, uh, playing for Bayern Munich. He broke his left ankle and he didn't recover in time. Other than that, you know, Iran would have done better. The first game was Iran-Mexico, and Iran was 1-1 at the half. Yep. And lucky me, I was sitting amongst 3,000 Mexican guys <laughs> <laughs> wearing the Iranian shirt. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I said, uh, you know, okay, this has got to be good. 
So, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think was, Philly, that's kind of how you funny. felt at that watch party for the Germany Mexico game. Yeah, yeah when Germany lost one, nothing. Yeah, it was the only guy in Germany. Yeah, he was the only guy in, in German jersey. <laughs> can, there. can we avoid that one? Too? We can also avoid that one. That was <laughs> but I was in the that. press box, kind of, right? So, all the Mexican uh, reporters came up to me and they said, Oh, great game. So, but you know, second half, Iran made two mistakes. So, okay. they scored two goals. We lost 3 1. Lost 3 1. But you know, that was our first game. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my family joined me from the second second game on. Okay. And who did we play next was Portugal with Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, right? And a, and a young Cristiano Ronaldo, too. Yeah, exactly. Oh, young and perky and right. uh, you know, <laughs> ready to go. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just a, an awesome game. I remember specifically, we came out, we lost 2-0 in that game. We played it. Good match. Uh-huh. Uh, we came out and Nima was like six or seven years old. Uh-huh. I said, Nima, don't be upset. He says, I'm not upset. Two nothing in front of Portugal is game. <laughs> it's fantastic. See, even, even <laughs> he, he knew back. Oh my right. God, he knows his soccer. <laughs> <laughs> he knows his football. <laughs> oh, that's and great. So, and then uh, third game was Iran Angola, mm-hmm. and then w- we tied one one. And uh, so we came out of there with a point. Yeah, yeah, one point. Not quite, the, not quite the result that you had wanted <laughs> no. going in. But. Remember, you got to go to the World Cup in a, f- I mean, a few tournaments in order to, to advance. Sure. So Iran is right there, was right there almost in 2018, but didn't happen. So that was that was a good experience. Well, in 2014, you were able to cover. I'm assuming the Iranian team on yes. a more in-depth basis, and, of and also that, U.S. That and well, also and that US. team featuring yeah. Stephen Bateshore. Yes. Okay. Talk to us about the 2014 <clears throat> World Cup and your. In another soccer mecca of the world in Brazil, Brazil a place oh that we'll talk about. You'll be visiting much more mecca. over yeah. the next few years for sure. We'll talk about that with your son in just a minute. Yeah. But talk to us about what it was like there in 2014. 2014 uh, was different because the uh, Iranian team had got a better coach, a uh, higher level coach, Carlos K. Roche. Carlos K. Roche was ex-Man United coach. Mm-hmm. He had uh, coached uh, Real Madrid for about a season and Portugal coach, Portuguese national coach for uh, 2010, where they exited the cup with one goal offside of Spain in front of them, which was Iniesta. Right. So he went on to fight about that, you know, all throughout the years. (laughs) He's a fighting guy. Right. And now he coaches for uh, uh, Colombia. So we're going to see him in the Copa America. Copa America. Copa America. 2014 was different because... Going inside to Brazil is a lifetime, you know, wish that you're looking for. That's a bucket list you cross off real quick. It's just awesome. So I went there. uh, I took my son with me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Iranian team did really well. Fantastic, actually. In front of Nigeria, we tied 0-0. Nigeria is the, at that time, was African Champion. champion, the African champs. And then we went on to play Argentina. Till 90 plus second minute, mm-hmm. we are tied 0-0. Zero, zero, I remember right? that. Right? 90 second, only the best scores <laughs> in front of Iran. Right. Messi right. gets a ball, steals a ball, and scores one of his most beautiful national goals ever uh, for Argentina. That's incredible. Uh, My favorite so. goal was the game uh, when he played Germany in the final. Oh, wait, he didn't score. Ah, Germany won. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, so, I had to throw so that in there. So over the course of your two World Cups, you've gotten to cover Cristiano Ronaldo. You've gotten to cover yes, Lionel Messi. Lionel Messi. What, what has been, do you have a, a favorite moment out of all of the games you've covered internationally or 
domestically here. Just one moment that sticks out for you. Bittersweet moment. Okay. Uh, it's that goal of yeah. Messi. Yeah. Because uh, my report actually was that, you know, ladies and gentlemen, don't be so sad because it took the best player in the planet to score against right. Iran, and which truly it was. Sure. But that game, honestly, honestly, without biasness, the referee was horrible. And just to prove a point, Mazic was his name. Okay. He was never chosen in that tournament to do another match. Oh, wow. He was crossed off. He made so many mistakes, and all the mistakes were against Iran. He's, he was supposed to give a penalty to Ashkan Dejagah, which played in Germany. Uh, he won the uh, Bundesliga with Wolfsburg. Uh, he's, he played for U17, U19, U20, U21 of Germany. But, uh, and that was before Bayern Munich was winning every before, Bundesliga title. Yeah, yeah. In 2009, exactly. Right, right. Then um, he opted out for, for Germany because he's German-born. And he opted out and he wanted to play for Iran. So he's a fantastic player. He is Iran captain. Iran's captain now. Christian, and imagine... Team Melli captain. What, what we're hearing, maybe FIFA had a conspiracy that they would want to keep Lionel Messi in an international tournament for a little bit longer. Than oh, everyone thought they that. They might have deserved, I mean, right? I, I mean, I, honestly, <laughs> Breaking uh, news Sky Sports reported that. Sure. Uh, uh, Euro News reported that. And uh, I like the fact that Christian knows. I like the fact that once you have European coverage, yeah. they have all of these fantastic players that they don't care where the, player, where the teams come from. Right. They, they speak of the truth. And that's what I like about them. Sure. And they said that penalty should have been given to Iran. Yeah. And a few yellow cards should have been given to Argentinian players. But look, at the end of the, end of the day, I mean, Argentina on the papers, $750 million team. Right. <laughs> Iran is like, what, $15 million team, <laughs> you know. So these are the matches that we thrive for yeah. and we wait for in the World Cup. And uh, so, you know, they, they get, uh, we get these discussions going. And it's ex excitement about it. I'm sure if you put an Argentinian fan in front of me, sure. he's going he's to attack me. He's going to tell you the other side of the yeah. story, right? You know, they should have had four but, goals or but, whatever. Uh, might have been. Honestly, just give, him, just yeah. give the Argentinian fans like one name. Right. Mario Goetze, and that'll shut <laughs> him up right away. Mario Goetze. Yeah. Well, Matthew, thank you so much. We're going to keep you around for the second half of our interview. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back on Defenders of the Bank, your LAFC podcast for the people, with his son Nima, next. Stay tuned! Today's episode is brought to you by Riley's Brewing in Madera, California, and Riley's Brew Pub in Clovis, California. Riley's Brewing, featuring craft brews, hard sodas, and spirits, a veteran-owned brewery in beautiful Central California, and a great fan of Defenders of the Bank podcast as well. Again, this podcast sponsored by Riley's Brewing in Madera, California. You can check them out at www.rileysbrewing.com and soon you'll be able to order beer from Riley's and pick it up at the official Defenders of the Bank tailgate. Once again, thank you to our sponsor, Riley's Brewing. I got stuck. That was a little late. That's all right. <laughs> Welcome back to another great episode of Defenders of the Bank. This is the voice of the scarf, J.R. Liebert. And of course, sitting to my right is the world-famous sensei of the shoey. Unbelievable. 26 yeah. episodes, all the funny stuff I've said, and all my, my 
existence on the show can be you drink chalked up to is that I drank shoe. out of a shoe. You drink out of a shoe. And you've done it several times, and none of those have been forced upon you, by the Whatever, way. Whatever, I'll own it. Monty, shout out to you. El Catrine, shout out to you. We will do the shoey again. That's right. That is the world-famous Christian Philly <laughs> Philemon. And we are back with our father-son duo who both have ties to LAFC and professional soccer, Matthew and Nima Bari. For the first half of our episode, you've heard quite a bit from Matthew and now it's time to bring on his son, Nima. Nima is a 19-year-old up-and-coming footballer who just signed his first professional contract to play in Brazil with Cascavel Club Recreativo. I have had the pleasure of knowing Nima since he was about five years old, actually even earlier than that. I've known him since he was about three or four, to be perfectly honest, and I am completely honored, and we at Defenders of the Bank are so happy to have Nima on the podcast and be able to introduce him to our listeners today. Nima, say hi to all the defenders of the bank out there. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me today. Absolutely. And of course, sitting to your right is your dad and your former coach. So (laughs) Matthew, as kind of a segue on having Nima on this episode, you've been involved with soccer on the amateur level for quite some time, the last, what, almost 15 years or so between watching him play and coaching him. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved with coaching soccer, and then we'll segue into Nima and his career. You know, I, I've been a soccer player all my life. So what happened when I, we had a son? <laughs> I said, I got to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I got to do this. I got to have a son who's going to play. Now, now right? you, have, you have a daughter, Nikki. Did she ever yes. want to play soccer at Actually, all? She, she did one year. She did one year for yeah, us. She was right? a great defender, but <laughs> she chose not to play soccer, football. So, uh, yeah, Nima was like four or five years old. We brought him to the camp. Yeah. Actually, prior to that, right? Yeah. And then uh, you had that crazy field, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, so what Matthew's referring to, I, I've run soccer leagues for the last 20 years or so for the city of Los Angeles at Palms Park in West L.A. And when we first started out for the first 11 or so years that I was there, our field was not really a field as much as it was <laughs> a hill. There was a five and a half foot grade from the north side of our field no excuse me from the west side of our field to the east side of our field so if you're imagining bank of california stadium and you're looking at the north end at the 3252 if you're standing on the left side of the field what would be the west side you would be standing five and a half feet taller than if you were standing on the right sideline on the east side of the field so what it actually helped with is our kids learned geometry while they were playing right. our kids fitness level for running uphill for half the game they became so hikers much, too. yeah they, they wondered why they were so much faster and so much less tired at the end of one of their games after they moved on to right. AYSO or something but by the sounds of it you sounds like you could add a giant slip and slide in the summer oh that's oh, great we got that yeah no we Nima knows all year. about that yeah every single summer oh man I miss those slip and slides right. during the summer so you eventually got into coaching after yeah. Nima moved on from Paul yeah Nima moved on but prior to that I I had a team I had a team actually it was Persopolis but another name Piruzi which was uh, which means victory in Farsi so I had that team for about 10 years I was coaching and playing on that team. Okay. Uh, a very competitive team. We went to different tournaments. And prior to that, before I got married, I was, you know, playing soccer uh, in LA Municipal League. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I, I've been a soccer player all my life. Uh, when Nima was born, uh, you know, at the age of four or five, he started AYSO. Then I saw that this kid has something that he, he, he likes the football. The apple doesn't uh, fall far yeah. from the tree. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank you. So I, I knew because in, in football, just like in any sport, you got you to gotta look at the kid 
to see if the kid is interested to play. You cannot force feed the kid. Sure. You cannot say, okay, go out there and do this for me. It's got to be him for himself on the pitch. And I saw that he has this joy and he has this touch. Uh, we went to Germany. He was like six, seven years old in 2006 that yep. we talked about. Yep. I bought him a little ball, um, like size one. Okay. So he started playing with that. And I really sensed that he's got a great touch. I mean, in one season in AYSO, he scored like 33 goals. Woo. Wow. And those are, the, those are the games that they, they won't allow you to score more than five goals. Okay. But he was repeatedly just going in there and having fun. So um, at the age of seven, I felt like AYSO was done for him. Yeah. I got to take him to a club. So we took him to a club. The age that was open for him was U9. So he started playing up. Sure, he was on the I, younger end of it. Exactly. I wanted him to play up and uh, because I, I knew that he's kind of better than a lot of uh, kids, uh, his own peer. So he started playing. I mean, he went for a tryout one night. And the coach immediately, Jose Luis, mm-hmm. said, oh, I want this kid. <laughs> so they, they signed him up and he started at uh, club soccer and uh, I became an assistant coach okay. first. The following year, they wanted me to coach the whole team. So I said, okay, I, I got to up my license. So I went and got my national license. It was good for me because it put everything in perspective. Sure. I, I knew a lot about football and all that. And that, getting a license, it also helped me do my show, uh, do my analysis much better. Because everything came together. You know what I'm saying? On the uh, world of sports. Uh, so then Nima started moving up and getting better, getting better. Uh, till the age of 14. At the age of 14, he was spotted for Olympic Development Program. ODP. ODP, exactly. So he was invited to ODP, uh, where we had made it into semifinal of the State Cup. But it was interesting story about that. That was 2014. Okay. When we ended the State Cup, he, uh, the following practice, unfortunately, he fell down and broke his right arm. Oh. And that was his first injury, uh, hopefully his last injury. <laughs> so what happened is that about 10 days after, 10 days into, into the cast with the right arm, I get a letter from uh, Southern California, Cal South. Okay. And it said, on the letter, it said, Nima Bahri. And I said, you know, I didn't look at it. I mean, I didn't open it. I gave it to my wife, Moji. I said, here, my job is done. She goes, what are you talking about? You haven't even opened it. <laughs> I said, I know what it is. <laughs> she opens it and it says, congratulations, Nima. You've been in- invited to the ODP poll. Wow. Pro- it was fantastic news, right? So he got all happy at the same time. He, he became so sad because he had the cast yeah. in his arm. So he couldn't make it to the practices of the o- ODP. What I wanted to teach him is that because you've been invited, to this uh, great, I mean, for this great opportunity, I want you to show up and show the coach, uh, Steve Hoffman, Irish-American uh, coach, uh, real into football, to soccer. I said, Nima, you got to show up. So we went to his doctor, to his ortho. We got a rap. Poor kid went to the ODP. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the last session, exactly the last session 
of their training sessions. So uh, Nima plays number 10, which is uh, kind of like Atuesta mm-hmm. in LAFC. Mm-hmm. He's a playmaker in the middle. So they said, okay, we've got number 10. We're going to put you as a right defender. So he has, you know, three assists in that game. Oh, wow. But he ended that game and they said, you're good. But unfortunately, we can't put you on the team because it's not fair to the other kids sure. that have made their practices. I surprised them, though. Daddy surprised them. <laughs> uh, it was the year of the uh, uh, World Cup 2014 Brazil. So I felt so bad that, you know... He, he, his dream was kind of like shattered at the age of like 14. And I said to my wife, I'm going to have a big surprise for him. She says, what? I said, well, I'll show you. I went, got the approval to go to the World Cup Brazil, right? And 2014. So I got him a ticket and I put it in an envelope. <laughs> I brought it home. And three days prior to the, to the departure, I said, Nima, you got a letter. Open it up. I said, what do you mean? I said, open that letter. Envelope. He opens, <laughs> opens the envelope, and the <laughs> ticket was there. Oh, and he, he just you know, flew up. Nima, and what was I that? said, you're coming to Brazil with me. <laughs> N- Nima, what was that like, getting, getting that after kind of the ups and downs that you had with the ODP? It was honestly the craziest thing I've ever, <laughs> I've ever opened. <laughs> First of all, I had to get ready for the trip. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you have three days. <laughs> yeah, three days for a about With a 15 cast. hour yeah. travel. So I was like, oh, well, I got to cancel all my plans for the next week. Right. <laughs> I'm but sure was, your friends understood. <laughs> I, I, yeah, they were kind of jealous too. Yeah. It was really nice of him. It was obviously for a purpose though, because he knew, he knew I wanted to be there one day. Sure. It was kind of a, more of like a me looking into the future of what I can become. Yeah. So he exposed me to that twice actually. But 2014, I got to feel it more. Sure. Older, you know. I got I got to see everything, how the players acted. I saw Beta Shua there. Didn't know much of him then. Right, but, right. Oh, that's right. But, I forgot uh, about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back then, he was just MLS, like, oh, American, Persian-American guy came to the national team. I was like, that could be something for me in the future. Sure. So, yeah, it was just a crazy experience. I was pretty bummed out that we lost <laughs> twice. Right. <laughs> But they played well, and and you got to see that messy goal. Uh, I didn't really <laughs> like it. <laughs> see, now that's a fact. right, right, right. Uh, so you played here in high school for Palisades High School, yeah. and I know it was a little bit of an up and down first couple years for you. But end of junior year, you were part of history at Pally High. Tell our listeners a little about the history that you and the team created while you were there at Pally. Yeah, so. It was my junior year, 2016. We were playing the playoffs. It was a funny story, actually. I didn't play much because seniors are preferred, as usual. (laughs) Not the best thinking, but they were preferred. And went to the semifinal. The story starts here. (laughs) So we went 0-0 or 1-1. I don't know what exactly the score was. I can't recall exactly. 1-1? Yeah, it was 1-1. You know your dad knows the score. Yeah, yeah, he knows, he knows. (laughs) So it went to extra time and then high school has a weird like extra time is like 10 minutes, 10 minutes and then five minutes golden goal. But we went past all that straight to penalties. So it was five, five. I hadn't played a single minute of that game. And then he says, Nima, do you want to take a PK? (laughs) I said, sure. Why not? I, I always score in practice. So why not? Right. So I went in. 
I scored our PK. It was if I missed, we would have been out. It was right. do or die time. Oh man, okay. So, and then my friend who was supposed to take it before me, he said, "Nima, you go, you go." So I scored. <laughs> luckily for him, and then he got to score the game winner. So he got a lot of the credit. And then we advanced to the final from then. And then it was uh, LA Valley College. We played Granada Hills. CIF City Championship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, pouring rain, 5,000 people in the stands. It was pretty crazy. But most of them Granada Hills because okay. it was in the valley. Come on, Pally. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we only got about four, 500 people. Four, around Dol- dolphins don't swim that far inland, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Especially in the rain. <laughs> so, uh, again, 90 minutes. This time it was 1-1. And then we went into the extra time. It took about three injuries for me to come into the game. <laughs> At first, I couldn't believe it was me that was getting called in. My friends were like, Nima, he called you. I was like, no, he didn't. Stop playing with <laughs> right, me. Right, right. <laughs> so I was like, oh, really? Okay. So I warmed up really quick, got into the game. I kid you not. It was my second ball. I headed it back towards our, towards our forward, and he hit the post. Then I turned around and said, oh, the ball's right there. It was right in front of the goal, <laughs> the empty goal. As soon as I shot, I was like, no way. This is actually happening to me. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really like prove it moment to, not to me, but to my coach. I was like, it was a. See what I can an, do, right? Yeah, exactly. And then that led to me. We won our first CIF championship in uh, 59 years. Yeah. yeah oh. 59 years. Yeah. Division one. The next year I became a starter for every game because of that. Yeah, that was our history. Yeah, if you if you look up Nima Bari on YouTube, you can find footage of that game winning goal his junior year. LA, LA Valley at, College. At LA, yeah. at LA Valley College, you can find yeah. footage of that goal. So check him out on YouTube. Uh, Nima, real quick, if the fans want to follow you on social media and follow your journey from West LA to where we're going to be talking about in just a little bit, how do they find you on social media? Uh, at Nima Bahri, N I M A B A H R I, at Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, so if you want to follow Nima's journey on Instagram or Twitter, at Nima Bari, N-I-M-A-B-A-H-R-I. And of course, after you follow Nima on Twitter and Instagram, you're going to head over to Instagram and Facebook at Defenders of the Bank if you're not following us already. But I think most of our listeners are following us already. So Nima, you've been all over the world already to train. You're 19 years old, but you've trained in Hamburg HSV's U17 Academy in Hamburg, Germany. You've trained with the Iranian under-19 national team, and you've trialed with NEC, a second-division club in the Netherlands. What's this all been like for a kid from West L.A. to be able to go all over the world and travel and train and play soccer? Honestly, it's been a blessing. I've been able to travel to multiple places around the world, not to only experience their soccer, but to also experience their culture. Mm -hmm. It really opened up my world to new places, and honestly, I'm really excited for what's to come. I know there's more to come, Yeah, but... It all started back to the World Cup trips because it all started 06. I loved it so much. I put all the effort, all the love and effort that I put in is from that trip to now. So it's kind of a motivating thing. It just keeps me motivated to go onwards. Sure. Not only for me, but for my family, I want to do it. You know, it's just they work so hard. I've worked so hard. I want to do it not only for me, but for them as well. Sure. And I mean, let's be honest, it actually started on a hill in Palm Park. (laughs) That's true, too. But that's okay. Um, So you formed a little bit of a friendship and a relationship with Stephen Betashore over the last year or so. Tell our listeners about that and then how you were able to take the pitch with some members of LAFC. Yeah. um, 
I'm fortunate enough to have Steven's number. <laughs> uh, thanks to my dad for that. Honestly, Steven's such a down-to-earth guy. He answers every question I have. If I text him, he'll respond to me maybe within like 20 minutes. Not even. He always asks if you have any questions, just let me know. I'll do anything. I'll give you any kind of advice that you need. It's really, really helpful actually to have someone, professional player, giving an aspiring athlete this kind of advice. Sure. When I went there, I was sick, but I practiced with them once over the summer. Cool. It was a it was a pickup game. Just at the performance center? Yeah. Cool. At their training facility. I saw I saw Mark Anthony K there. Lee Wynn. Glory machine. <laughs> Lee Wynn, Jordan Harvey, a bunch of LA Galaxy guys were there as well. No, it's pronounced Carson Galaxy. Uh, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> not the real LA. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, it was cool. It was honestly a great experience. And you took the field and played with them for a bit, right? Yeah, yeah. I had a training session with them. It was really nice. The grass is ridiculously <laughs> nice. I've never seen grass like that. A little that. different from that hill when you were four and five years old, oh, huh? Man, was, <laughs> yeah, you could run straight. <laughs> Just an understatement. He just said you can run straight. That's a bonus in itself, what you've been saying. I'm so sorry for that field. (laughs) It's flat now, though. (laughs) So, yeah, so you got to train and play with members of LAFC and of Carson. We don't care about that. Um, So that that must have been incredible, obviously. And... Obviously, you've been under kind of the watchful eye of the ODP and the, the U.S. national team for a little while. You've had some coaches come out and look at you. But then in 2019, earlier this year, mm. everything changed yeah. after you got an invite. You want to tell our listeners all about why your dad and your family is going to be spending a little bit more time <laughs> in Brazil for the next few seasons. Yes. So in about February, we got a invitation letter. From a club in Brazil, Cascavel Club Recreativo. Which you pronounced much better than I tried to do several (laughs) times earlier. I still don't pronounce it 100% correct. So we went down there. They offered me a trial, formally offered me a trial. So me and my mom traveled there. So after a trial of about, it was supposed to be about six weeks. But after a week and a half, they asked for me to sign with the team. Wow. The first team, right? Yeah, the first team. That's That's awesome. awesome. Congrats. Thank you. So it was really like an eye-opening experience because it's my first professional contract. (laughs) Right, right. So, you know. I hope you frame that thing. (laughs) Yeah, I do actually. It's over there. All right. (laughs) We'll check that out after we're done recording. I was honestly amazed. It was just crazy to get a professional contract in an age where West LA kids, you know, just a kid from West LA played from the youth level at Palms Park, <laughs> AYSO, all the way to club level, high school, and then abroad to Brazil of all cl- of all places, right, which is the, the mecca of football. Yeah. football yeah. It's such a cool story. I mean, unbeknownst to you, 2014, you're there to watch the yeah. World Cup. Five yeah. years later, you're signing a contract to play there. I mean, I'm sure you wake up every morning having to pinch yourself 20 times. I mean, I'm pinching myself for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's honestly crazy. I was... When I left 2014, I was like, wow, Brazil. I experienced <laughs> it once right. until the next time. But five years later, finding myself actually for a job and playing soccer there, what I dream of, my love. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Sing, single guy, right? professional footballer, going to Brazil. 
What, what could happen? He's, he's, o- he's only 19, though. Easy, easy. What could happen? But what you guys can't see, all of our listeners out there, you can't see that directly to his right, his dad is beaming Blowing. right now while he's telling no, the story no, of becoming no, a professional footballer. No, no I'm, I'm telling you, Christian brought up some point. Yeah. I, that's the first question I asked him. <laughs> how, how are the beautiful women? Right. <laughs> were they beautiful? I said, what do you think? Of course. <laughs> of course. It's Brazil. Galmarinhas. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I a few of those. Uh, Matthew, but let me ask you, what is it like watching your son progress to the way that he has, and now at 19 years old, you have helped, you and obviously your wonderful wife, Moji, probably a little bit of help sometimes, maybe not from Nikki, but mm-hmm. <laughs> you have helped raise a professional footballer. It's your son at 19 years old. What does that mean to you? Well, you know, like I said, I, I had to see it in him that does he want this? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the coaches that we talked him to actually in, uh, in Holland uh, said a very good thing to him. He said, Nima, when you play football, play for yourself. Don't play for me. Don't play for your dad. Don't play for your family. Play for yourself. Show yourself. Prove to yourself that you're passionately in love with football. So I see that passion in Nima. And uh, I just want to let you know that it takes a lot of sacrifice uh, because Nima was in college earlier this year. Mm-hmm. He had to drop all of his classes. Remain, remember that? Yeah. He had I'm to sure drop. sure he was bummed. <laughs> <laughs> now no, he, he was Actually, he was happy. Now he has to move to Brazil. Shucks. Single guy going to Brazil <laughs> don't have to go to college. Oh, no. But no, it, it is no, a sacrifice. What I'm saying is that like if you want to do both parallel, yeah. it's, it's very hard. Yeah. So you have to do sacrifices. I mean, Nima is... Uh, Nemo is is really good in in many ways, meaning that, for instance, his diet, I mean, he hasn't drank uh, a soda for past three years, maybe four years. You know, he's on a strict diet. We don't tell him. He he researches all of that on his own. So he's working out every day, twice a day. I mean, there's there's a lot of work going into that. It's not by luck. You know what I mean? And like you mentioned, he put all of these eggs into this basket you know yes. he's not he's not in school he's taken time away from that and absolutely you know it's he's devoted himself to to doing this so yeah. that's another sacrifice that he's making you know if look an injury or something you never know but i, I gotta tell you it's it's been one of the biggest pleasures of, of my professional career doing what i do to be able to watch your family and Nima in particular in terms of not just soccer, but like you mentioned, he's a really good guy too. So <laughs> it's been Thank a lot so of fun much. to Thank be able you. to watch God, him yeah. <laughs> uh, progress in his professional career. We're going to take a quick break one more time here at Defenders of the Bank. We're going to come back with a lightning round of questions for both father and son. It should be a lot of fun. We'll see you guys back in just a minute after a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Riley's Brewing in Madera, California, and Riley's Brew Pub in Clovis, California. Riley's Brewing, featuring craft brews, hard sodas, and spirits, a veteran-owned brewery in beautiful Central California, and a great fan of Defenders of the Bank podcast as well. Again, this podcast sponsored by Riley's Brewing in Madera, California. You can check them out at www.rileysbrewing.com and soon you'll be able to order beer from Riley's and pick it up at the official Defenders of the Bank tailgate. Once again, thank you to our sponsor, Riley's Brewing. 
Yeah. Boom. Are we recording? Yeah. How about when now? I said, "Where are you ready?" Now. And I snapped. So right, I should I mean, start. Yeah. So there's been okay. six seconds of dead space. So now. I'll start now. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. <laughs> You've been drinking water, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I'm just busting your chops. This has been an incredible interview with both Matthew and Nima Bari. We're going to conclude with a few rapid fire style questions to learn just a little bit more about the two of them. So first, this will be for the both of you, whoever wants to answer first, your favorite soccer team other than LAFC. Arsenal. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And Matthew? Perspolis. All right, there you go. So we know what side you fall on the rivalry there between the the Derby red. It's a red. It's a a mimic of Arsenal. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so your favorite soccer player to watch? De Bruyne. Okay, Kevin De Bruyne. Me? Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Nima, that well, was other, other than Nima, of course, right? Other than Nima. Yeah. I don't know. I can't make up my mind. Okay. I like all the good players. All the good players? I can't say Ronaldo or Messi. It's kind of cheesy to mm. me because those are just up there. You know sure. what I mean? Did you have another favorite player growing up or watching soccer? I actually or? like younger players. Okay. And I, I, think, uh, I think naturally it's because of Nima. So I like Pulisic. I like Sancho. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but, you oh, know, yeah. From Sancho from Dortmund. Yeah, I like. He took uh, Pulisic. I was gonna say he's gonna replace Pulisic. <laughs> Kai, Kai Harvitz, mm-hmm. uh, which is a German international, plays for uh, Bayer Leverkusen. So I, I like these young players. Okay, you know I'm not so into superstars because we've seen them so many, so many times. Sure, you know what I mean? Sure. I like new ones. All right, so Matthew, if your son could emulate any player on the pitch, who would you want him to model his game after? Kevin De Bruyne, actually. Okay. Pretty much looks like that player, but with one exception, De Bruyne scores less than Nima. Ooh, all right. Ooh. <laughs> you guys should see Nima's as, face no, as, right as now. As number 10. After that one. So Nima, if you could model your game after any player, who would it be? De Bruyne. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Making dad How happy about that, are you not a Man right? City fan then? <laughs> oh. No, no Man City, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. your, your mom in the background, Moji. The mom is. She's a Man His City fan, right? His mom is a, is an avid fan of yeah. Man City. Does Nikki watch she soccer loves, at all? Does she care? She does. She yeah, does. Who's she does. her team? Uh, she likes the national team. Okay. Uh, team Meli of Iran and also, I don't know. She doesn't, doesn't care. care. <laughs> <laughs> no, doesn't all right. So, Nima, what's the best advice that your dad ever gave you while you were playing soccer? Be a game changer. Oh, I like that. A Latif blessing. Good one. Game changer. Good one. All right, but so Matthew, what's the best advice you ever gave Nima that you wish he would listen to more? (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) See, Nima had a lot of pressure because I was the dad coach, dad slash coach. So what happens is that there is some kind of, I I can't say jealousy, but he, he was always being careful on the pitch. So was I, mm-hmm. that uh, I didn't want to give him more time. I didn't want to give him the ball so much so that he could dribble so much. So he became a different type of player, uh, such as a Kevin De Bruyne. Okay. Because Kevin De Bruyne, if you look at him, if you look at his game, he's really a minimum touch player. And he's, he's just a playmaker. Nima grew up to be that. If I, if I wanted to give him one more advice... Where I could, as a coach, I would tell him, dribble, dribble, dribble. Okay. 
See, Nima seems to understand the rapid fire part of this question. Your dad, your dad likes to give I a little bit longer answers to this. I like it's it. my background on the radio. <laughs> I, know, I right? keep talking. Say things like that. <laughs> so, Nima, let's look into a crystal ball five years later from where we're sitting right now after this memorable interview with Defenders of the Bank, the LAFC podcast for the people. Where do you see your soccer career in five years? If everything goes right in Europe. Top, one of the top teams in Europe. All right. I like it. I like it. And, and Matthew, if you could project five years, where would you want to be in the stands watching Nima playing? In the stands? Yeah. If you, if you're, or excuse <laughs> me, like, on, the, stands, on the man? Pa- pacing the sideline or wherever it is you feel like you need to be. Bad question. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, There's truth behind the joke. <laughs> you know, I always tell Nima, look, this is one advice I give him. Football is not rocket science. You're just like any other player. With God's help, the path will be there. You got to seize that opportunity. You got to be there. You're no different than uh, all of these stars, in my opinion, honestly. And I mean that uh, in a sense, not because he's my son. He endured a lot of hardship with me as his father, as his coach. Because I was really hard on him. Right. And I expected a whole lot from him. If I could go back and change that a little bit, I would take myself out of the picture a little bit, look at him as a father. Sure. Uh, sort, sort of. But then again, when I look at where he is, then, you know, it reminds me of uh, Andre Agassi and his father. Sure. <laughs> you know? Sure. I mean, he, he, he was always complaining that his father was so hard on him. But his father came out and said, hey, if I wasn't hard on you, right. you wouldn't be where you are now. Right, right, right. So, so, so then you know, sitting in the stands five years from now, where are you watching him play? He's an Arsenal type player. Okay. All really, right. He's an Arsenal type player or Borussia Dortmund. I love both teams. So now, uh, our our LAFC fans love Dortmund as well. We have a yeah. close connection with them. So the career takes you to Arsenal. You're killing it at the Emirates. You're hanging out in your living room playing FIFA with some of your teammates. The phone rings. And it's the head coach of the Iranian national team. Ten minutes later, Greg Berhalter, should he still be the coach then, <laughs> calls you as well. Which phone call do you take? Which team do you go to, being that you have the option to play for two different countries? In that situation, whoever called first. <laughs> that is the most PC answer I've heard. I like it. I like, hey, if you guys are listening from the Iranian national team or, or Greg and, and all of your, because you guys are, of course, you're listening to Defenders of the Bank. He's 19 already. You guys, someone's going to miss out, okay? If you don't know how to contact him, it's at Nima Bari on Instagram <laughs> and on Twitter. There's no reason why you coaches can't reach out now and just reserve your spot for him on the national team. We're going to be able to see him at Cascavel Club Recreativo, which I think that was the oh, best I did. So I have another feeling that, you know, once he comes back from Brazil, you're probably going to ask him to bring you a scarf, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I would name. gladly frame a Cascavel Club Recreativo. I did it twice in a row. Scarf uh, from Nima. It would be it would be our honor at Defenders of the Bank, too. I'll try finding one. Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> no, this has definitely been really super cool. You know, we wish you all the best. Thank Looking you. forward to watching your career blossom. Hope to see you on the national team. Hope to see you in, in the Premier League. And then when you're ready to retire, you could come out to the good old MLS. <laughs> 
appreciate it. Thank you for having me, guys. Absolutely. Once again, this has been Defenders of the Bank with Philly and the Scarf. A big thank you to both Matthew and Nima Bari for giving us your... We're actually in their house right now interviewing. This is the coolest thing. Right Scarf and house. I hit the road again. That's right. <laughs> on the road. So again, Matthew and Nima, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank You're you. welcome. This has been Thanks another, for having us. Oh, absolutely. This has been another fantastic episode of Defenders of the Bank with Philly and the Scarf. And you guys know how we always sign off. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You have just heard an interview that Scarf and I did with Matthew and Nima Bari several weeks ago. Since the conclusion of that interview, Matthew has notified us that Nima had been invited to train and play with the Iranian under-23 Olympic national team. Super exciting stuff. This man has an awesome journey ahead of him, and we here at Defenders of the Bank wish him all the best. We look forward to watching his career flourish and hope one day that we get to see him on the global stage playing for Iran at the World Cup. This was another episode of Defenders of the Bank with Philly and the Scarf. Hope you enjoyed our interview with the Bari family. Ta-ta!